Good evening, everyone. Uh, uh, it's good to be among, amongst uh, compulsive readers and fellow travelers. Uh, my name is Ali, and I'm a compulsive overeater and have been in program since 1984, so about 38 years now. And uh, 130 pound, uh, 135 pound weight loss. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, through the grace of God uh, and a higher power and uh, the principles of the program and showing up, never leaving before the miracle, uh, I have uh, 38 years of abstinence. And for that, I'm very grateful. I consider myself a low-bottom compulsive overeater, where I had uh, uh, just uh, a, a life brutalized by uh, the mental and physical obsession to eat and binge. I was a binge eater. Uh, I. Uh, spent many hours warring. Hi, I'm sorry to life. interrupt, but could you speak up a little bit? Thank you. Sure, I'll try. Let's see. Um, does this help a little bit? Does this work? Is that better? Yeah, that's much better. Much better. Okay, I turned up my my volume. Don't hesitate to uh, jump in again and let me know if my voice drifts off. So... Not quite sure where I was, but that's okay. Wherever I start, it'll be perfect. So, yeah, the disease had me. I, of course, I didn't realize it was a disease. I, I thought I just needed more willpower and more effort. And um, But uh, there was a war in my head. <clears throat> and... Uh, and there were, I, I, I have very clear uh, memories of uh, prior to program before even having heard of Overeaters Anonymous in 1982 and 83, for instance, and um, driving home from work. And on the drive home at a red light, the war would be raging inside my head. And, and, and the war would be something like this. You've been good all day um, and you haven't binged and uh, go home and get rest, wake up in the morning free from guilt and shame. And then the other voice, the other part of the brain, warring and uh, a, a force that was formidable that would say binge. And, uh, and I have this real clear recollection of putting my head on the steering wheel and uh, the light turning from, green, from red to green. And I just sat there in that intersection waiting for the war to end to see which of those two would win 
a battle for that evening. And all I wanted was a decision. The rest, the peace that comes from having made a decision. And these two would war. And eventually, and I, in this particular instance that I'm uh, referring to, uh, there was this instant of bucket. And the binge war won. The binge mind won. And then I was automatic pilot. There was nothing else left to do. I lifted my head up from the steering wheel, drove to the nearest grocery store, bought tons of food, and uh, I was also alcoholic, and the alcohol, and a gallon of ice cream, uh, and uh, drove home and ate myself into a stupor. And this war would be waged on a regular basis. And uh, more often than not, the binge war would win, and I would go through this. But um, uh, I didn't want a binge, but I had no choice in it. You know, it, it, I had proven to myself that if uh, what I know today, which is there is no human power that can relieve me of my obsession. There's just no human power. There is no, um, there is no, uh, not only human power, but there is no, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Uh, there's no possible word to the wise that could prevent me from binging, right? Like, you're so good looking. If you just lost weight or you, you're going to get a heart attack or I want to be alive for my child or, uh, you know, at 285 pounds and you smell and you don't take a shower, you wear the same clothes, how are you going to get a career? There is no word to the wise that could overcome the brutality of the uh, binge voice once it sets in. And, um, and so I lived my life that way for, for 15 years. I mean, it's a long life. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, after each binge, uh, everyone, if you're over 100 pounds, you've, you know what I'm talking about waking up the next morning with the shame, the guilt, the, you know, for me it was uh, pulling out uh, my journal and writing uh, how I would, uh, you know, uh, uh, take care of the calories in this binge by eating 50 calories a day for the next 30 days so that I could lose weight again. Just the insanity of uh, this regular uh, 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 hijacking that would occur by by this disease, and then uh, suicide—the desire to want to die because I just couldn't keep going uh, and couldn't keep binging, 
and then somewhere along the line being, and of course, in this journey, uh, many times when I would uh, be on quote-unquote diets uh, for six, seven, eight months at a time, and I would lose 130, 140 pounds and gain it all back. So, you know, you've been there, done that, uh, and uh, and somewhere along the line, I got introduced to Overeaters Anonymous, and uh, um, and I remember walking in at 4:30 p.m. August 26, 1984, small room, uh, four people, three women, maybe there were five people, four women, but it was I was the only man and. Uh, three, four women and uh, started out with a serenity prayer and folks talked about the disease and, and, and the problem of living and, uh, and gave me solutions and steps and uh, ad- advice, suggestions uh, that I was hungry to receive. Um, I, I was all out of solutions and I was hungry to receive an alternative voice other than the insanity of my own. And uh, things like I heard, I I felt home right away. And I knew I would never ask, how long do I have to come to these meetings? You know, I I just knew that uh, I belong there. Right. And uh, and then the suggestions of get a sponsor as quickly as you can, work the steps, pray, read the big book. In those days, it was the big book that was the primary text. I still use the big book as my primary text, even though the OA 12 and 12 is outstanding. It's good to go to the mothership and and recognize how they understood the disease, um, the, the, the genesis of uh, the insanity of drinking or eating, same thing. And, um, uh, and I followed directions. Uh, for the first time in my life, I actually listened to people other than my own mind, my own voice. And I, I, I have this, and I found a sponsor, I think, on my fourth meeting. And uh, my first meeting was Sunday, uh, the Wednesday meeting, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four days. This guy spoke, and it felt to me like he understood not only the disease, but me. And it felt to me like he knew more than I did. And I needed the advice and counsel of someone who I felt knew more than me. And I followed whatever he said. He said, Ali, I want you to call me every morning at 6 or 6.30. I can't remember now. And um, and I followed that direction. And I called every morning. This was unusual behavior for me. I, I, I never would call people. And I hated call, talking on the phone. And uh, I uh, and I would follow his direction. And he told me the pages to read in the big book, beginning with On Awakening. We think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. 
before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. This goes on for two pages or so, and I memorized all those two, two and a half pages, every word, and I would read it, uh, I would uh, repeat it to myself uh, as a prayer every morning, every morning. Uh, uh, and I, 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 I swallowed those words the way I swallowed food. I, I, I took it as, as a lifeline. And it goes on. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not know what our next step is to be. Here, we ask God for an intuitive thought, an inspiration, or a decision. We relax and take it easy, and we don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come when we have uh, followed these directions. And, and here was a roadmap. Here was a clear roadmap on how I was to live my day. I never had a roadmap. I woke up every morning either in shame or guilt or, or planning my binge or figuring out how I would get home from work so I can binge or or how I would uh, construct my day so that I can get maximum time to binge. So I have no time to think about uh, instructions for living a healthy life. And later on in that same page, uh, my first sponsor had me memorize. It goes on to say more direction for how to lead my day. It goes on to say, as we go through this day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves that we are no longer running this show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient, but we're, no, we're not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. The wisdom, the wisdom in those two pages of how to walk through a day was mind-blowing to me. And as a compulsive overeater, everything, everything was a reason for me to obsess or ruminate or manipulate or cheat or lie or uh, hide a bad motive under a good motive. Everything, everything. Gentle reminder. Thank you. And so those instructions uh, were lifesavers to me. And uh, and, uh, it came to me... uh, uh, immediately after that Wednesday when I when I asked someone to be my sponsor. And, uh, and then he taught me uh, more things, uh, how, to, how to set, uh, how, to, how to set the OA version of plug the jug, right? Or the AA, uh, 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 the OA version of AA's plug the jug, because I didn't know how to eat. Uh, uh, my eyes, my stomach, my uh, mind didn't work in sync. So at 
two-pound potato would look like uh, a small potato to me, right? I needed direction on how to eat, and I was taught um, by my first sponsor, Alex, the the a the OA version of plug the jug for me, which I have maintained for 38 years. Three meals a day, nothing in between, no flour, no sugar, minimum three hours between meals, never skip a meal. Alex taught me that, and it has held me in good stead for 38 years. But I was willing to pay attention, and I was willing to pay attention because, as the big book says, I had reached the point of pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. So pain becomes our friend. Pain becomes the friend that allows us to access the three pillars of the uh, 12 steps, 12 step programs. And in the big book, the three pillars are honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And Open-mindedness comes when we're all out of solutions, when we've reached pitifully incomprehensible demoralization. And of course, some of us reach incomprehensible demoralization sooner than later. There is, uh, I don't know if it can be hurried along, can't be whipped along, guilted along, shamed along. It just needs to happen. And uh, it is possible to raise bottom I believe one way to raise bottom is to keep coming back to meetings, even if you don't feel pitiful and incomprehensible, even if you don't yet believe the first step, that I am powerless over food and that my life is shattered, unmanageable, destroyed. And even if we don't believe that right now, coming back to meetings again and again, listening to stories, uh, has a way of uh, softening the claustrophobic ego that keeps us in despair and uh, allows for the raising of the bottom. Uh, so one way or another, there is in these meetings a consciousness that is beyond the individual ego. There is a consciousness that can help us um, find uh, the pathway of the longest journey, which is between the head and the heart. Something happens where the heart softens in these meetings, and that softening of the heart is one way of uh, finding uh, our own pathway into the promises of this program, the promises of more peace uh, and more sanity. Thank you for allowing me to share. My time is up. Uh, Grateful to be uh, in this journey with you. Would you like to leave your contact info? 
Sure, yes. So contact is Pacific Time, California, 951-295-5091. I don't take cold calls, so text first and identify yourself as a member of Overeaters Anonymous, and I will always call back. Thank you. 